Hey everyone, welcome back to episode three of the Strength Q&A show. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go over four questions today and uh, we'll be in and out pretty quick. So first question, what are some good exercises to build a bigger bench press? Uh, so keep an eye out on our website because we're going to have an article coming out about this. Um, but a few things. So most people think that on the bench press, they need to build bigger pecs, bigger triceps, bigger shoulders. But the first priority for us when we're trying to build a bigger bench press is in the upper back. So the upper back plays a little big role in supporting the bar from here to here and stabilizing as you lower and press, uh, whereas other things do a lot of the work. But the upper back is what does a lot of the stabilizing for the bar. Uh, so an exercise that I really like doing for that is pendlay rows. We've got a video for that. Uh, on our YouTube channel. It's part of the uh, Moose Method six-week bench program exercise demo playlist. So you can find it there. Other exercises that are really good for this are face pulls or any sort of lat work. All right. So that's exercise number one that we're going to do. Uh, exercise number two that we're going to do, especially for people who have spent a lot of time bench pressing and haven't really made any progress in a long time, uh, we'll do the overhead press for a few weeks instead of the bench press. So a lot of the time you've just built in, you've got into this habit of bench pressing all the time and you haven't really done much overhead work in general. If you have maybe some dumbbells, um, but taking the time to step back and build up your overhead press strength, oftentimes when you come back to the bench press, you'll be stronger for it. And then the last exercise that I have people do to build a bigger bench press, this is one of my favorite ones, is a sandbag floor press. Sandbag floor press just isolates the pecs and the triceps way better than any other exercise I've ever found. And especially if you can, you know, take for, for me, my personal experience was I was benching like 260, 270, um, but I couldn't floor press the 200 pound sandbag for a single rep. So I spent a lot of time focusing on the sandbag floor press, got my got my ability up to 20 reps on the sandbag floor press at 200 pounds, and I put about five pounds on my bench press. And I've seen that same thing happen with a lot of other people. This is just a great way to build some muscle endurance and build some mass in the chest and in the triceps. So give those a try. We're talking heavy sandbag floor presses, not light ones, all right? Uh, that's it for that question. Next question. How much should I use recovery tools? So this is an interesting question because I am usually not a huge fan of recovery tools. I've found that for most people, recovery tools and needing to use them are a sign that the training that you're doing isn't actually helping you. It's making it more, it's making it almost impossible for you to recover from. So for the most part, I think most people should be able to recover from their program just by sleeping and eating properly, and then maybe doing some light stretching on top of it. If you have to do 20 minutes of foam rolling to get into the positions that you need to for your workouts, your workout program is probably not the right program for you, right? That seems, that's like common sense, it makes sense. But, you know, again, like if you need massage guns to feel good to get into your workouts, you might need to try a different workout program. Uh, and same thing with lacrosse balls. All of these are, all of these are, if you feel like you need them to get into moving well, then it might be a time to step back and look at why do I need all of this just to do what my body should normally be able to do. And if you can't really, if you can't really say why, then you're going to have to, I would, I would find a coach that's going to be able to write a custom program for you 
uh, based on what your mobility is, what pain you're having, all of this. A custom program is going to work way better for you than a template program um, because it's designed for you and for your uh, problems. So um, look into something like that. Uh, next question. Can you get strong training only three days a week? So yes, I've got a video on our channel. The uh, I think it's called the best three-day strength program that you can do. Um, I'll quickly outline it here. Mondays and Fridays, we're going to do the same exercises. We're going to do one upper body and one lower body exercise. And then Wednesday, we're going to do some kind of either carry, sled sprint, or abdominal work. All right. Um, and then basically Mondays, we'll do volume. So we're going to do something like five sets of five for both exercises. And then on Fridays, we'll do a heavy set of five for both exercises, one set. And we track each of those numbers and then you add five pounds to it every week for four to eight weeks and then you rotate the exercise. And that's pretty much it. That's simple. You can get very, very brutally strong doing just that three days a week. Uh, it, along with that, there's like accessory work, specific warm up. There's other ways to get strong on three days a week um, that will be highly individual to you, the athlete. But for the most part, everybody can get strong doing that. If you're interested in the 3A program that we do at the gym, check out that YouTube video. You can learn what we do. Um, if you want to actually follow along with what we're doing, then sign up for our three-day program. I'm going to link that down at the bottom of this YouTube video. Uh, all right, last question. Why do we front squat and not back squat with our athletes? So this, um, this is something I've felt for a long time and really, really kind of come to this conclusion over the last two years is that the back squat is such a highly technical exercise, and it's also extremely, I don't want to demonize exercises, but it's extremely dangerous for football players in particular, which is the athletes, the main group of athletes that we work with, um, because they are so strong that they're able to lift weights that they shouldn't actually be capable of lifting. Uh, so I found that if we take all of those athletes that already have a pretty strong back squat, because most most football programs are running the back squat and we take them and, and put them on front squats for a long period of time, say eight weeks plus, they always, when they go back to doing back squats, they always come out of it stronger. Um, so I knew that I was on the right path, but here's some of the, some of the reasons that we do it. So one, the front squat is going to develop the mobility and the pecs and the lats by training this front rack position to be strong, uh, more than the back squat will. Uh, so we're forcing some mobility work in by just the training. Uh, it's safer because you're going to be able to use less weight than you would on a back squat. So I would say that the front squat allows you to lift what you should lift or the back squat allows you to lift what you can lift. Uh, we're training the core a lot harder uh, just because the bar is sitting on the front of our body instead of on the back. We have to use our abs a little bit harder to stay upright and in position. Uh, it's also safer because it's easier to dump the weight. So if you fail a back squat for some reason, if you can't stand up with it, um, you have to rely on your spotter to help you up, which in a, in a high school weight room can be pretty unsafe. Whereas if you're doing front squats, you can just dump the bar in front and it's not hard to miss it and it's not unsafe to miss the weight. We wanna create a, uh, an area where the athletes can be strong, but if something goes wrong, they can also be safe when they fail. Uh, and then Last one is because it's not so often trained with most athletes, 
um, the moment you implement it into their training, they will get stronger because they haven't done it before. And so a lot of the time it's just mixing up from the staleness of what they're used to stimulates um, adaptation a lot quicker. So we saw this with all of the football players that I worked with over the summer who um, they had been used to doing back squats. They started doing front squats. Uh, they all go back to their training program and, and retest their maxes. And almost every single one of them gets at least a five pound PR. I heard some of them were getting 30 pounds PR. Um, I know one person went from a 495 back squat no from a 500 pound back squat to a 505 back squat and we didn't touch back squats the entire time we only did front squats which tells me that this stimulated the adaptation that he needed to get stronger on the back squat without actually having to do back squats so i would say to athletes and coaches out there don't undervalue the front squat because you're going to take time away from the back squat spend your time on the front squat so that your back squat will get better as well uh, all right, guys. So that is it. If you have any questions that you want asked, go ahead and drop them on our Q&A tab on Mondays, uh, and I'll get to them here on the YouTube video. Catch you later. Bye.